So you got a flag down. Oofside. Everyone but the center. Offense. Welcome to Oofsides. Hey, it's been a hot minute, but we're back. Uh, how are you guys? I'm having a moment. Aren't we all? Sure. All right. Uh, this episode might be a little rushed, which is hilarious because we have three weeks of football to talk about. <laughs> um, but the Yoffs are here and uh, the playoff field has been set in a truly stupid week 18, which we will get to in a moment. But first, uh, let's uh, run through some of the highlights of the two weeks that we missed leading up to it. Um, starting with Christmas Day game uh, where what a what a great Christmas gift for me to watch uh, Baker throw three. I know the stats each sheet says four, but he threw three picks because the fourth one was defensive pass interference, but the refs don't give a shit. And, uh, and the uh, Packers won 24-22. The hilarious part to me about that is they were so putrid on offense, and yet they were still that close to winning the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. They had so many chances to win that game, and whether it was a missed call or just some kind of offensive blunder. The fact that they were given that many chances against arguably the best team in the league and they couldn't even capitalize on one of them. Just, I mean, that's been the story of the Browns this year. I mean, they picked off Lamar Jackson four times in the first game they played and they got three points off of it. Um, And this game is the exact opposite where in the, Baker threw three interceptions and the Packers got three touchdowns off them. And on every other drive, they got three points. So literally shot themselves in the foot, but then we're driving into field goal range. And despite the fact that Nick Chubb was running for like six yards a carry, they were like, let's make Baker throw it three times. And uh, it ended with a fucking blatant hold by the defense that resulted in interception and the Packers or the refs were just like, nah. <laughs> so. That was that. As you can tell, I'm still very salty about it. Um, <laughs> that may be a common theme here. Too. Yeah. Several <laughs> pent up weeks of rage. Uh, the Colts beat the Cardinals. You know, they were the Colts were the hottest team in the league. Surely they were going to be in the playoffs. I mean, the Cardinals have shown that they are a powerhouse. And for the Colts to win like that after beating the Patriots, surely not. This is the team that truly nobody wants to see in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that the the Colts uh, with Jonathan Taylor looked really, really good, uh, and I predicted them to win this game. So, and the division, but uh, nah. Well, we'll get there. Uh, the Bills got revenge on the Patriots um, in Foxborough, much to Dewey's chagrin. Unfortunately, um, as well as the Bengals completed their sweep of the Ravens, which basically killed the Ravens' postseason chances. Um, Honestly, it was just injuries that did them in, and then that was kind of the killing blow. I think I saw um, something a couple of days ago. The Ravens ended up putting like 20-something guys on injured reserve throughout the season, and they still started 8-3. and three, And yeah. they were in, like, they were those two two-point conversion calls at the end of the Steelers and Packers games from probably winning that division and making the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Like, Basically, everything that could have gone wrong for the Ravens over the last half of the season did, but they they still had a really, really good year, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, the Texans upset the Chargers, who were right in the heart of the AFC West race, despite that loss to the Chiefs on a, on Sunday night or whatever night it was. Um, and that knocked them, I think, onto the outside looking in going into the final few weeks, especially after that Broncos yeah, loss, too. Yeah, they basically had a like a... 
they were dead even with the Raiders going into that final week, which is why that division matchup was so big. Yeah. Um, because the Chargers put themselves in that situation. Um, with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton both hurt. It's the time. It's the uh, time for the return of Big Dick Nick Foles. Yeah, the Bears to a win over the Seahawks uh, in the snow with a touchdown to go. Or they were down twenty-four to seventeen. He threw a touchdown in the waning seconds and then completed a two-point conversion to win twenty-five twenty-four. What team is going to trade for Nick Foles in the offseason? It's going to happen because we saw that one game. I can honestly see it happening. I'm going to go Washington. Yeah, but that is on brand for them. Yeah, because he would get hurt easily, too, there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Someone's going to someone's going to make a move and make him a starter. It's going to happen. Um, The Bengals beat the Chiefs in a friggin shootout. They trailed by 14 in that game twice and then rallied at the end, and that knocked the Kansas City Chiefs from the number one seed and clinched the division for the Bengals in Week 17. Um, And then that combined with, uh, I believe, a Broncos win later in the the day that not officially eliminated the Browns from the playoffs, much to my chagrin. Good for the Bengals. They've been waiting a long time for something like this. Yeah. yeah, I love how we were talking about all season. They're frisky. They could definitely be in the fight for the wild card. And they went out and won the division. And we talked about the the Raiders, and we'll get to it a bit. But and they got a home game now yeah. to try to yeah. win their first playoff game in 30 years. But, again, more on that later. Yeah, uh, no hype right now. Let's wait. <laughs> I look forward to uh, their an- or them basically retaking their spot for their annual Saturday afternoon wild card loss. Uh, Marvin Lewis, where you at? Yeah. <laughs> and finally... The Jets were putting a beating on the Buccaneers. They were up 24 to 10, um, only for the Bucks to get their way back into the game. And then Zach Wilson kind of botched a play where it was fourth and two, and he was supposed to hand off for a sweep to Braxton Berrios, and instead he tried to QB sneak it. And they got stopped basically on the goal line, and that allowed the Buccaneers to drive all the way down the field and score the game-winning touchdown. Um, it's a great showing by Zach Wilson. But uh, there's a bigger story from that game <laughs> that we should probably talk about. Uh, and it's Antonio Brown, to the surprise of no one. <laughs> with all that's gone on with him over the last two years, I think we can officially say now he has played his last down in the NFL. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, he had all the stuff in that offseason with the Raiders and that tumultuous two weeks with the Patriots a couple years ago. And it's, hey, look, Tom Brady's recruiting him to the Buccaneers. This will be returns his career. Nope. I just, I've never seen anything like it on a football field in a game. Just, I I couldn't believe it. I'm going to, I'm going to say we should uh, refrain from being all the armchair doctors who like to go, oh, he's got CTE because he's been, I mean, we're not doctors, but also he's been a tool since college. I mean, he got kicked out of Florida or FIU um, for being a diva. But You know, it, it is interesting, though, because there was the stuff that he said and his agents said, and then there was the stuff that Bruce Arians and the Bucks said. So it ended up kind of becoming like a he said, she said kind of thing where no one really knows what the exact truth was before the game, because Antonio Brown claimed his ankle was already hurt. 
but then there was the other part about him not getting enough reps or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Targets. Like targets. Yeah. To get the incentive bonuses that were in his contract. So there was just so much going on there and it all boiled over. And so I'm, I hope I never see that again. <laughs> yeah. So for, from what I've heard from a bunch of different sources. So what happened in the game was Antonio Brown had some sort of meltdown on the sideline. He took his his jersey and his pads off, threw his undershirt and his gloves into the crowd, and then just walked to the locker room like while a, while the Bucks were getting ready to run a play. So technically, they had too many men on the field. Um, so that happened in the middle of the game. So Antonio Brown's story is he says that uh, Bruce Arians was forcing him to play on an injured ankle. Um, and that he claims that it's an injury so bad that he's going to require surgery and he can barely play, which is funny because he was running like these ridiculous cuts before then. Like, and definitely he, not and he happily off. trotted off the field. After. Yeah, didn't he didn't his ankle didn't look like it hurt when he was jogging off the field. Um, and then a, according to him, he said that Arians told him he had to go back in the game and then said right there on the spot, you're done. And then did like the throat slicing gesture at him literally not a single other person uh has corroborated that story according to a reporter i can't remember who it was who was there at halftime that he was he was complaining at halftime about the number of targets he was he was getting and he wanted more attention and i believe brady has has backed up the story but there's people within the team who have who have all said the same thing that it was in between. It was that that defensive series right before Antonio Brown like left the field where Brady asked him if he was coming back in the game because I think he had set a series out because of his ankle because he is dealing with an ankle injury. And Antonio allegedly said something along the lines of like, are you going to throw to me or are you just going to keep throwing to your boys like referring to Gronkowski or whatever? And Brady's like, dog, we're down 14. I'm just trying to win the game. You know, like if there's any quarterback in the league who's going to get you to those those tar- incentive targets, like Brady's going to do it. He did it this week with Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, he, he did. Spent, he like told the coaches he wanted Gronk in the game so he could feed him the ball and get him to, you know, get him that million dollars in incentives. And so uh, apparently then Bruce Arians asked like what was up and he said that he and Antonio quit and then or so, or Antonio wasn't going to go in because he was mad at Brady and so then Bruce Arians told him he was done but not a single sideline camera or a person on who was watching the sideline has said that Bruce Arians did the, the like throat slicing mo- or gesture towards him like literally nobody has said that happened. Yeah, we got an NFL films camera anywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's like 30 cameras at a game and not a single one captured it. But dude, it happened. Trust me. Um, And then he went on to the hilarious thing was when he put um Brady's personal trainer on blast for apparently ripping him off, even though like the text is Antonio Brown saying, hey, I can't do this with you. Can I get my money back? And he's like, yeah, man, we'll work out a deal. Like, what do you like? Tell me how you want to get your money and I'll get it back to you. And that's Antonio Brown saying, yeah, man, this guy ripped me off. See, but he also accidentally posted all of his bank account information uh, when he posted that. So he had to delete it later. Um, And then there was a quote from Antonio earlier this week where he said that he, quote, probably could have handled the situation better. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a fucking mess, but 
it's a situation where if you're a player where you've been recruited by Tom Brady twice and <clears throat> like Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, I know the shine's kind of come off of him since then, obviously, but John Gruden and then Bruce Arians couldn't get you to think team first. You're probably the problem. So. Dude is clearly like bipolar or has some sort of mental illness and needs help, but he's also an asshole and I won't miss him in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sad because you could tell the talent is still there, even though he's 33, the talent is still definitely there. Yeah. And he has the ability to contribute to a team to help them win a Super Bowl. And it's just a damn shame that once again, something like this happens that takes it off the rails. I mean, I still wonder how the Raiders would be right now if he never got released from there, or if that Bills trade that was supposed to be him going there, it happened in 2019. The amount of what-ifs that are left unanswered because of the different things that have happened with him are kind of fascinating. Yeah, but for sure. I hope, I hope whatever he has going on that he can – you know, get get the assistance that he needs to, you know, get back on the right track, I guess. Yep, for sure. Yeah, he, he clearly needs help. Like. It, it doesn't excuse like a lot of the really shitty things that he's done, um, like the sexual assault allegations that were against him. But, you know, like this dude needs help and uh, hanging out with Kanye West is probably not getting help because Kanye is somebody who needs help, too. That guy's friggin' crazy also. Oh, God. well. What a mess. So. And it's, uh, and Brady's not happy about it either because, like, Mike Evans has been hurt. I think Godwin's out for the season. So, yeah, like, they were gonna, they were gonna lean on Antonio Brown for this playoff run. And it's like, oh, well, there's another receiver not there. And Cyril so. Grayson, who's, like, their fifth or sixth receiver who caught that game-winning touchdown against the Jets, he's also out this weekend against the Eagles. So they're down half the receiving core now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to win regardless, but it's well, not going to be easy. It's yeah. going to be tight end cross uh, plays for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Hopefully Gronk's healthy. <laughs> and Cameron Brave. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, weeks 16 and 17. Anyway, uh, yeah. Setting up a week 18 where mo or still a lot of playoff seating was on the line. Going in um, for the NFC, the basically every team except the 49ers had clinched a playoff spot. Um, the 49ers situation was simple. Win and you're in. If they lost, if the Saints won, the Saints would get in. Everybody else, it was basically just battling for the division. Um, or I should say for the NFC West, like every other division was pretty much locked up. Um, in the AFC, it was still up in the, in the air as uh, I believe... All four divisions had been clinched, but only one wild card spot had been clinched, which was by the Patriots. And going into week 17, the Colts and I believe Chargers were holding the last two spots. So uh, we'll jump in to week 18, starting with uh, some of the meaningless games, specifically Chiefs 28, Broncos 24. We got some Melvin on Melvin action in that game. I believe uh Melvin Ingram forced a, a Melvin Gordon fumble, which is which is pretty funny. Uh, the Broncos were in position to win this game. They were down 
or no, they were they were up uh twenty one to twenty, I believe, and then fumbled basically on the goal line, and the fumble got taken all the way back. That was by the sad. Chiefs, and that was basically the uh, dagger. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing is that the AFC West has been stupidly competitive this season. Even though there's been a lot of stupid games, every one of these teams has like shown their cards for making a playoff run. Even yeah. the even the Broncos, who have had Teddy Bridgewater and uh, have lost to stupid teams and won against big teams this season. But uh, yeah, this game set up uh, whether the Chiefs were going to get the number one seed or not. Yep. Yeah, they needed was- two. Oh, good. Oh. I was going to say that was kind of out of their control anyway, since they had lost the previous week to the Bengals. But oh, for sure. But at least they had a, they still had a shot leading into Sunday. Yeah, and yeah, the they, Titans they almost to, fumbled that bag. But more on that later. Yeah, they had to win, and the Titans had to lose, which almost happened. But we will get there. Drew Locke uh, had a surprisingly decent game too. He did. Hadn't yeah. had much game action till after Bridgewater's concussion, but he ran for two scores in that game and. Had some pretty good throws. I mean, almost maybe an audition to see if they'll bring him back next year. I mean, I don't know what the Broncos are going to do anywhere. There's so many different questions over there. Yeah. But he played like somebody that, you know, might be able to contribute there still. Yeah, um, I th- they're probably going to move on from both QBs because that's a team that feels like they are a quarterback away from like AFC championship contention. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But so they're they're going they're going fishing in free agency this year looking for somebody because like they tried Flacco, which kind of we all knew that wasn't going to work. They tried um, Case it, Keenum oh and God, then two years of Drew Locke and now Teddy Bridgewater and just nobody's been the guy since Peyton. Yeah, retired. yeah they need to dump some money on somebody who's leaving like, I don't know, like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Yeah. I I, <laughs> I still no. think if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers and decides to play another year somewhere else, don't be surprised if he goes to Denver. Yeah, I mean he's already taken Ivermectin, so <laughs> <laughs> trying to become a Bronco. So uh, the Cowboys rolled over the Eagles fifty-one twenty-six. Um, this game really—it was a weird situation where so. Coming into this week, the 49ers were sitting in the sixth seed and the Eagles were sitting in the seventh seed. But the Eagles had clinched and the 49ers hadn't. So it was weird. Um, so this game basically had no. Um, <laughs> again, another no. situation where yeah. the Cowboys, who are leading the division, had something to play for. But the Eagles, who are second in the division, didn't. So they rested all their starters while Dak started. Um, Dak threw all, just shy of 300 yards and five friggin touchdowns. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 186 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, it was kind of just a meaningless game. Yep, just Cowboys preparing their arms and legs for the playoff. Yeah, I believe Dak set the uh, franchise record for most passing touchdowns in a season with that game as well. He did, yes. And with um, the amount of great quarterbacks the Cowboys have had, I'm kind of surprised <laughs> it ended up being broken now and in that way. Yeah, well, because um. Staubach, that was in the 70s when teams were still running a ton. And then uh, Aikman's teams in the 90s were always a run heavy team with uh, with Emmett Smith being the kind of the heartbeat of that team. And then so Romo kind of came in and took all the passing records. And now Dak's breaking all of Romo's records. I saw a ridiculous stat the other day, speaking of Troy Aikman, where I think Tom Brady has 
as many touchdowns in his years in his forties as Troy Aikman did in his entire career. Yeah, I think I I think I saw that stat. Like that is fucking absolutely insane. <laughs> oh my god, dude, it's crazy! Like how good Brady's gotten in his forties. Just like he, he's legit had a yards at age like, forty four. Like Brady over forty is an, is a Hall of Fame career on its own. Like that's insane. Yeah, and he's doing a whole other career with the Bucks right now. <laughs> yeah, I I um, really do wonder how much longer he's gonna play for. Like. I mean, people have been talking about it since at least 2014 or 15. Now they're like, oh, when's Brady going to fall off the cliff? When are the Patriots going to get rid of him because he's going to start sucking? And he just hasn't. Yeah. We're I, seven, I, we're, it's yeah. seven years later. He's still the best quarterback in the league, arguably. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and that's what made that free agency deal so big is because that season before, he, the defense was kind of playing the team up to make the Patriots look better. And then oh, that, sure. that walk-off pick by Tennessee in the game uh, wild card round it was like, Oh, Brady's really falling off. And then when that deal happened and the season he had after where he went and won the super bowl, obviously shot every single it opinion will, down like that. Yeah. It will forever make me sad that that's how it ended here. <laughs> Just I'm sure every other fan base in the NFL reveled in the fact that it ended that way, but Oh, absolutely. I, did. I will always be bittersweet about that because that um, was a shitty way for it to end. Yeah, I still remember, though, in 2016, like the genuine debate about like, dude, are they going to get are they going to start Garoppolo next year? And then they traded Garoppolo in 2017 and everybody was like, oh, shit, they just messed up. And, and now Jimmy Garoppolo, too, yeah, Garoppolo's in the process of getting replaced and Brady's maybe on his way to his eighth ring. <laughs> so um, and that was Cowboys Eagles. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to uh, Sides. We don't stay on topic. <laughs> no. The Washington football team uh, beat the Giants 22 to 7. Uh, this is now two weeks in a row that the Giants just straight up didn't try. Uh, the I week hope, of... oh, I, hope I never, ever see a quarterback sneak on third and nine from a team's own four yard line ever again in my life. Well, you want to know what's great about that is the play before that they ran a QB sneak on second 11 from their own two. So poor didn't, they get, didn't they get booed for that, too? <laughs> like, oh, they yeah, did. Really. They yeah, ran they back did. to back quarterback sneaks from the wrong end zone. Like, what the fuck? So someone better tell him that he had his playbook upside down. <laughs> yeah. Poor Jake Fromm never even had a chance in that game. Yeah, the uh, I believe it was two weeks before that when they played the Eagles. Uh, no, no, it was the week before that they played the Bears. Um, and at one point, Mike Glennon. Oh, Mike Glennon finished four for 11 for 24 yards and two interceptions uh, for a net negative six passing yards. Like wow. we have seen some all time terrible offensive performances this year, dude. Saquon Barkley needs to get the hell out of there, man. Yeah. Oh, but my they God. Uh, they ran the ball uh, 40 times because they just they were like, yeah, Mike Glennon can't fucking play. So we're just uh, not even going to try to throw it. <laughs> yeah, and he couldn't even play in week 18 because he had wrist surgery that took him out for the year and they had already shut down Daniel Jones. So they had to put from in there who they got to think off the Bills practice squad. And they really didn't let him, you know, they didn't really let him show what he was capable of as a quarterback. Like. If, if all you're doing is quarterback sneaks, you're not going to be able to prove what the hell you're capable of. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't think Jake Fromm is a franchise guy, and I don't think he, he may ever be in his career, but 
That's not to say he couldn't be a solid backup somewhere, but pe- people wouldn't even know that either at this point. Nope. What a goddamn mess they have over there. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious, too, because coming into this week, or not into this week, but a few weeks back, uh, Joe Judge had called the Washington football team a clown show, like with how they're run. And then he, he did that. And then they so. finished three games behind them. Yeah, and also throwback to uh, when he was hired and he said that uh, that every single play under him is going to be a story of its own. And it's like, yeah, definitely a story behind uh, running back-to-back QB sneaks from your own end zone. Definitely the, trying there, bud. The fluff that coaches put in introductory press conferences will never make me not laugh. Mm-hmm. because you know they're always going to be full of shit when they're talking in front mm-hmm. of them. It, it reminds yeah. me of when Matt Rule got hired by the Panthers two years ago. I'm like, dude, there's no way you actually believe all this shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, ain't no way. <laughs> and here we are two years later, a bunch of Panthers fans want him gone, but they're keeping him, and, well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But that's a good bridge into the Panthers game because they got their asses handed to them by the Bucks. Yep. Yeah, I know. I turned that game on and they were up, I think, I think it was like 10 to three. And I was like, oh, damn. And then uh, and then no. Yeah. Oh, no, they're up seven. Nothing. That's what it was. And then uh, the Buccaneers dropped 41 on them. Uh, I don't know what the fuck the Panthers are going to do next year, dude, especially with like you have three quarterbacks and none of them can play. I mean, McCaffrey gets hurt basically every time he plays now. He can't stay healthy for longer than two weeks. Yeah, that's time. yeah, that's the yeah. problem is their whole offense revolves around him, and they can't keep him healthy for three weeks. So there's no point after that. So Yeah, yeah. and it's so one-dimensional that, like you said, when he gets hurt, they're just lost. And, like, they have a decent receiving core. Like, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are pretty good wide receivers, but – the quarterback play has been so bad that nothing has clicked at all, and it it just looks like a damn Division three team sometimes. Like it is just, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, and, and it makes it hard to judge Matt Rule as well because arguably he's really never had that roster at its full strength at any point that he's been there. Yeah, no, that's the the other thing too. It's it's I think the reason people don't like rule is he's just so like bumbling and just kind of throwing shit like it seems like he thinks that they are a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders. And, and it's they're like, not dog. No, like you guys have a lot of work to do. This is not the same team that went to the Super Bowl in 2015. Like who's even I don't even know if there's anyone left on the roster from then. Besides yeah. Cam, because he came back. I don't I don't know if there's any other player from that team still on the roster. Yeah. I, I'd be willing to bet that there's nobody left outside of Cam Newton. God. I mean, I I want Cam to do well, but it is just it, it's honestly sad to watch how he played those last couple games and Darnold too. Yeah, for what it's worth, like Darnold had an okay game, but like it's it's you know a little bright spot at the end of a miserable season where. The Panthers were three and zero, and then they finished. Or the next uh, fourteen games after that, they went two and twelve. And it's like Darnold it himself, because you can tell the talent is there, but it's just how does it keep getting buried so often? Like you almost never see it anymore. Yeah, 
Like you like there's a reason why he got picked number three overall and why the Jets thought that he was gonna be the next guy that was gonna lead them back to the playoffs and relevancy. And it's just what the hell happened to that guy? Well, one of the things also is he's never had like a good veteran to like help him. Because like, yeah, he had Joe Flacco, but it's it's fucking Joe Flacco. Like Joe Flacco is not gonna help anybody. Um but like What's Cam Newton going to teach him as a pass or as a quarterback? Like, yeah, dude, here, I'm going to show you how to dive across the end zone and then get hurt. <laughs> I think if Chad Henney doesn't get re-signed by the Chiefs this offseason, I think Donald becoming a backup in Kansas City might be a good gig for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I was advocating that I wanted him to go to Pittsburgh and like sit behind Ben Roethlisberger for a season. Um, well, and then they went and got Dwayne Haskins. But yeah, the Steelers <laughs> are a whole nother thing. We'll get to that, too, because yeah. There's a whole lot still. So big question marks around Darnold uh, going into next year. Um, Not a team with a hopefully not a question mark at QB, but we'll see. The Browns beat the Bengals 21-16. They swept the Bengals, I might add. I mean, it was the Bengals backups, but still let me have this. Uh, they finally started Case Keenum again, who went 17 to 24 for 176 yards through two touchdowns. Uh, the Ernest Johnson and Nick Chubb had ridiculous games. Um, man, it's crazy what happens when you start your healthy quarterback, isn't it? You're competitive. Yeah. Well, at they least competent. Comp- yeah, they can, you know, score points, have more touchdowns than interceptions. Baker honestly should have had that shoulder surgery back in like week nine. Well, that's the thing that, yeah. like we said earlier, is that with them being in the playoff race, they weren't going to give up on it until they got eliminated. And as soon as they got eliminated, they put him on, basically said, hey, go get your surgery. Well, Which was the, way too late. The infuriating part about that, at least, like, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Browns. Like, they're just there. Like, I don't, I don't love them. I don't hate them. They're just there for me. But, like, Case Keenum as their backup has led a team to the NFC Championship game before. He has playoff experience. He's been a pretty solid quarterback his whole career. Like, he might have been able to get that Browns team into the playoffs, but, like, Legit, instead, yeah. like, just throw your hobbled franchise guy out there on half a body and and then get mad when he doesn't throw for 350 and four touchdowns every game? Like, what the hell are you expecting him to do? Yeah, like, you're telling me that Case can't... Look, it's frustrating because I love Baker. And a healthy Baker Mayfield is pretty goddamn good. Um, we saw that last year. That they were genuine AFC championship contenders if, if they got past the Chiefs. But like you look at the one score losses they had against when they played the Ravens the first time, or when they played the Steelers the first time, or you know, the Packers game that we talked about. Why wasn't Case starting any of those games? Like it was clear. After the so you had the Cardinals game where he re-injured his shoulder, and then the Broncos game, Case Keenum started and he won. And then you have that one brief glimpse where Baker played really well against the Bengals, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's fine," ignoring the fact that for like ten other games he couldn't fucking throw because he's throwing with one arm. Like anybody who's ever hurt their shoulder before will tell you how hard it is to even just move, much less throw a football accurately. And honestly, even the Raiders game too, Nick Mullins did not have a bad game then yeah. either. So like, even if Keenum wouldn't have been the answer, like, you know, fuck it, throw Mullins out there for a game and just see what happens. But they waited too long for it. 
I just, I don't understand. And if Mayfield didn't get COVID, they wouldn't have even done that. Yeah, I don't understand why management didn't step in. Because, you know, there's a culture in sports where it's like, you don't pull yourself out of a game, you know? Baker was never going to go, oh, guys, I can't play. My shoulder hurts. Like, as a coaching staff and as management, it's your fucking job to make sure that everybody's been put in the right position. And like, it almost seemed like they were just putting Baker out there to fail every week. And like all the props to Baker for wanting to play through that. Yeah. You know, and to give his team the best that he was capable of, but like, you know, Stefanski or maybe the strength and conditioning coach or somebody should have said, man, he is, does not look good out there and it doesn't look right. You know, let's shut him down and, you know, hope he comes back better next year. Yeah. Because, I mean, what, I mean, way to just throw your quarterback under the bus like that. Yeah, that's what, that's what pisses me off the most. Yeah, they were, they were sacrificing a long-term possible goal for, or the short-term goal for a long-term thing that's going to hurt them. Because, That's the Browns way. Yeah, it's like, oh, I get you're desperate to be back in the playoffs, which doesn't really make sense because you went so long without it. Um but yeah, like you're you're costing your long term establishment here at quarterback if you don't keep him healthy. Not like, to mention how much money you pay to Case Keenum to be your backup, and then you just don't play him. Like he, he's there for a reason. Yeah, that's the whole reason you went out and got him is because he played incredibly well under Stavansky in Minnesota. And you're like, yeah, if something happens to Baker, we've got Case Keenum. And then and he you know, played for pretty like, damn good when he started. Yeah, and then for two well, yeah. months they were like, "Gee, if only somebody here could throw a football." Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. God. Yeah, they paid him eighteen million dollars to ride the bench all day and not play. That's a pretty good paycheck, though. Good job, Browns. Yeah. Like, and the fact that they they only finished a game out of the playoffs. So. Man. I mean, I I think if they started Keenum around week ten, I think they would honestly would have gotten in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they genuinely only had to win one or two other games, and they're in. I mean, they swept the Bengals. If you win two games, you win the division. Yeah, the Bengals swept the other two teams in the division. Like, yeah, the Brown. I think the Browns were the second best team in the division, but they got last place play from a guy that wasn't physically capable of giving you any more than that. Yeah, and it's like if you keep doing the same thing. And you expect different results, you're goddamn insane. Yeah. You're gonna fail, which is what kept happening. Yep. And then everyone's like, well, what the fuck happened? Well, well, well it's the consequences of my own actions. Well, you know who did advance from that division? <laughs> and that nobody <laughs> thought they won't die already. Nobody thought this team was gonna make it. The, the Steelers these, found these... a way in week 18. Uh to make it through. Uh, I would say this much though. There were many, many times in that game where the Ravens could have just scored and put that game to bed and it wouldn't even have been a problem anymore. But the fact that the Steelers and also Mike Tomlin is the coach, the fact that they found a way to do that so many times over the course of the entire season, like it wasn't just week 18 just the fact that they found the way to win so many times got them there. Like, they beat the number one seed Titans at home. They beat the Ravens the last time on that failed two-point conversion. 
they at least tied the Lions because if they lost that game, they wouldn't have gotten in. Like, just the, like, I think all that showed was Mike Tomlin has to be the best head coach in the NFL. He's up there. Because that, that team with maybe any other coach in the league, maybe except Belichick, probably would have maxed out at five wins. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has drugged this team kicking and screaming the whole entire way. Because Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been great. The whole offense as a whole hasn't been great. The defense has been okay, but not stellar. It, it's had its bad moments, but it's been a pretty decent unit. Yeah, I mean, TJ Watt tied the all-time sacks record in this game. Yeah. Should've probably broke it, but a couple um, penalties took a punt or a sack or two away. Um, and then uh, Cam Hayward also made, like, first-team All-Pro. Yeah, and that's the thing with this team is, like I said at the beginning of the season, is that they have defensive pieces to be scary. And if any of those pieces show up against their opponent, which we'll get to, I believe, in a while, um, the Chiefs, they're going to they're gonna have a stupid threat to keep punching their way forward. Yeah, and like yeah. I said before, I mean, if, if they find a way to beat the Chiefs, the next team up is the Titans, who they've already beaten this year. So, yeah. You never know. Derrick Henry back though, which is a that's a different a story we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. But the Steelers needed to win this game and needed a couple other things to fall their way. Um, so one of those uh, included the Colts needing to lose to the Jaguars. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I Packers, wonder what happened. Yeah, the Packers fell to the Lions, thirty-seven to thirty. Good. Never um, have I ever. This was a. Uh, Two things. One, I think people forget that Jared Goff is actually kind of good because everybody loves to say that he sucks. And it was like uh, his worst season in L.A. He passed for thirty nine hundred or thirty eight hundred yards. I'm not counting his first season with Jeff Fisher Um, like thirty eight hundred, forty six hundred, forty six hundred, thirty nine hundred. Like Jared Goff can fucking sling the ball. Um, But two. This was the Dan Campbell bucket. What trick plays do we have in the books and what can we throw at him <laughs> game? I mean, I think that was a, a statement win for the Lions. I'm like, I know Aaron Rodgers only played for the first half, but I mean, that is about the best way that game could have gone. When you talk about momentum going into the next season, like we saw the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown over the last couple of weeks, potentially oh, a number yeah. one wide receiver for them and the, from, oh, yeah. from the fourth round. And, you know, Goff played pretty good. Like, there's definitely potential there. And it showed well, yeah. up in that game. Well, yeah, yeah, on the flip side, if you think about it, if this whole Rodgers situation continues to get out of hand, um, this I don't want to say this could be a, like a foreshadowing of what could happen next year with, like, the downfall of the Packers. Yeah, Rodgers. Because, because they still have so many good pieces, and they're definitely going to show them in the playoffs as they go yeah. off the face um, after the wild card round. But yeah, um, glad for happy for the Lions. They've taken down some weird teams this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean they beat the Cardinals and Packers, which are two number of the two, best teams. yeah, or some of the best in the that side of the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, if there was ever a year to say fuck the number one overall pick, let's beat the Packers. It was this year. So that was that. Uh, but the team that does have the number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, got to win a game in a game. In which a 
good portion of the crowd showed up dressed as clowns because they want Trent Balky fired. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who have not won in Jacksonville since 2014, rolled in with the simple goal of just beat the worst team in football and you're in the playoffs. Uh, and then they proceeded to lose 26 to 11. The defense dominated them all day. Yeah, shout out to Carson Wentz for dropping what might be the wettest fart of all time in a football game. Yeah. I mean, so there's been a debate over the last week or so about like, who's Carson Wentz as that good. It doesn't matter like what his the rest of his season was. Carson Wentz straight fucking sucked for the last three weeks of the season. He sucked against the Patriots in the, and in they the game won that, that they game. still won. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. And then let's see, how did he do against Arizona? Another game they won. He actually had a half decent game against Arizona. He was terrible against the Raiders last week, which was their first. If they beat the Raiders, who need I remind you, wouldn't even have made the playoffs if they had lost that game. The Raiders were six and seven, and I'm pretty sure we put them on Dunyan rings. After that loss, I got to check. The Raiders were done. They barely beat the practice squad Browns. And then uh, they went into Indy and kicked their asses. <laughs> and then, or no, sorry. No, yeah, they went into Indy and beat them on a last second field goal. And then, so then it was like, okay, but now it's going to get easier. All you got to do is just beat the Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence had his first, like, great game of the season. He looked awesome. Uh, the defense beat the hell out of him. They forced a fumble and an interception. Uh, at one point, uh, Carson Wentz, I believe QB rating was like 4.4 is bad. The craziest part about that to me is how terrible the Jaguars looked the week before losing. Oh, absolutely. And to, to the Patriots. Yep. And then oh, turning yeah. around and beating the team that beat the Patriots two weeks prior. Yep. Uh, I also mean, I checked. We did, suck. I, I found it. Uh, the Raiders were marked as Dunyan ring. So that's the first time we've ever got one of those wrong. Uh, or so Good far, them, at least honestly. it looks like they're going to be done. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, who's going to be done in rings in a while round? <laughs> if but yeah, if you guys haven't watched it, uh, the NFL Network has been doing an in-season hard knocks of the Colts, and uh, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz and a bunch of other players were mic'd up for this game, and it is gold. Um. Because you could just see the panic slowly set in as they're like, oh, my God, we're going to lose to the three and 13 Jaguars and miss the playoffs. That's the funniest part to me is that they got the number one overall pick despite winning the game. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And that's the so, thing, too, is that with this game, it kind of sparked a little hope because it, this finally shows what they can actually do as a team. And you can ride that little wave and hopefully do something and pick the right pieces in the first round. I mean, they've they got their quarterback now. Now you have oh, the for number sure. one overall pick again. Go out there and get maybe the best defensive player in the draft. Maybe get a lineman or a wideout. Maybe yeah. trade the pick for a fuck ton of other ones. They have a lot of leverage here to really do something special with that pick and get themselves closer yeah. to getting back to the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, and I you could throw in even another wide receiver in that core, but they still. I mean, they have pieces. It's just they need the right coaching and they need time. So yeah. yeah, they they need to get the right guy uh, at the top as the head coach for yeah. this to work. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode, the whole coaching carousel thing. But um, 
it'll be interesting to see what approach they take in this off season. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's, I think things are looking up for the Jags. Uh, for I the really Colts, do. For the Colts, I don't know if is Carson Wentz staying longer. Apparently, the GM is non-committal about him uh, coming back next year. So Jim Irsay is not uh, pumped either. Apparently, Jim Irsay is mad that he never even got vaccinated. So, oh yeah, because if they if the NFL didn't change the uh, the quarantine guidelines for unvaccinated people midweek, he would have been ineligible. I think in the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, well, what yeah. can you do? Rich Eisen put it the best uh, in two weeks. The Colts went from the team that nobody wanted to see in the playoffs to the team. Nobody's going to see in the playoffs. So, uh, and that was that, which that then opened up the door for the Steelers and by beating the Ravens. Now all they needed to do was avoid a tie on Sunday night football, but we'll get and it. how fucking close we were. Yeah. Uh, before that, though, the Vikings beat the Bears 31 to 17 in a game that I don't think anybody really gives a shit about. Uh, the Bears were up 14 to nothing and then uh, got outscored 31 to three for the rest of the game. Well, Mal, because that's Matt Nagy football, or I should say yep. was Matt Nagy football. Yeah, that was the rare double <laughs> R- coach game because R- yep. oh, they yeah. both got fired after the game. Yeah, R.I.P. Matt Nagy. Yeah, it was the fired head coach and GM game for both sides. Yeah, don't see that very often. Yeah, and I think that's about all we really need to talk about for that game. Uh, (laughs) The Titans beat the Texans 28 to 25. I just realized I forgot to put that on the show sheet. Um, Texans made it interesting. The Titans were up 21 nothing, and then the Texans rallied back into it. This is a game the Titans needed to win in order to hold on to the number one overall seed. Uh, Tannehill threw just shy 300 yards and four touchdowns. But uh, Davis Mills has come on hot at the end of the season, dude. He yeah, is a let Davis Mills. He's so weird because he had that string string of like three weeks after his like debut, where I was like, I don't know if this is it, and they're gonna have to play around a bit more. But he's definitely showed some like some spark for that team in the last couple of weeks and we'll see if they can roll with it next season. Yeah, he was rough for a lot of the season. The New England game, he was really good. And then over the last five or six weeks, he has just been on it. So I don't know if he's going to be their their future guy, but like they found somebody. We know Jack's going to be happy. Yeah, I think he's earned a second season. So. Yeah, Uh, so the Titans hold on, they get the number one seed in the first round by, which means they'll also get Derrick Henry with a, with a week's of rest or week's worth of rest come the divisional round. The saints beat the Falcons 30 to 20 to stay alive in the playoff race. Um, their situation was simple. They needed to win and they needed the 49ers to lose to the Rams. Uh, Taysom Hill started the game, but injured his foot. And I believe it was a Liz Frank injury, which is not good. Um, so Trevor Simeon came in and finished the game out. Do we think Matt Ryan has played his last game as a Falcon? That is a question I didn't think I'd be answering today, but, uh, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, it's just, there's so many questions other than Kyle Pitts on offense. Yeah. You just don't know. I mean, they lost both Jones and Ridley within a year and a half, uh, just what do you do if you're the Falcons this offseason? Who do you go for? Yeah. 
I don't know if there's a better QB out there right now. If I'm on, like, and the thing is, they didn't look. They had some dumb games, but they. It's not like they were getting thrashed. I mean, like every week, there were some yeah. that they won. I mean, I I think he has one more year on his contract, and it's like thirty something million dollars. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely good I luck they, trading that. Yeah, yeah, I think they get him to the end of his contract, but after that, I think they go shopping. We'll see. Yeah. And I wonder if he'd go play anywhere else because he's still a pretty solid quarterback. He threw for just shy of 4,000 yards this year. Like, he's still pretty good. It's just I don't know how much longer the Falcons are going to want to keep him around for. Yep, for sure. So, uh, yeah, not really much to say about that game either. Uh, The Cardinals had a very simple shot at a – stealing the division back from the Rams. All they had to do is beat the six and 10 Seahawks and hope for a Rams loss. Uh, And unfortunately the Cardinals couldn't get it done as they fell to the streaking Seahawks at the end of this game, actually, or at, at at the end of the season, Seahawks have won like three games in a row, something like that to end the season. Yeah. But on top of that, you have uh, other than that wacky Cowboys win, the Cardinals are not looking good for their playoff bout. No, I'm tempted to call them frauds, but uh, we'll who? Do, yeah, I just I don't know. It's just gonna be really rough for them if they. I mean, yeah, they've lost key pieces, but uh, man, they just need to get it together in some way or form because they keep losing the stupid teams. They lost the Lions, they lost the Seahawks, which is a division. Even though they're hot, they, this and is the Colts, opponent, and the Colts, who, yeah, as we saw this week. With them losing to this one of the stupidest teams in the league, you could have beat them. Them losing Hopkins was a killer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of neutered the entire offense. I mean, what what also interests me is was that the last time Russell Wilson plays for the Seahawks? Yeah, that's true too. And was that the last time Pete Carroll's going to be on the sidelines? It's a tricky situation, but I feel like when you look at the the uh, Seahawks record like outside of the weeks where Russell Wilson is dealing with a finger injury. They're like seven and six. Um, So I'm almost I can almost see the team being like if he's healthy, like we've got an offseason to rebuild. We've actually or no, they they do not have a first round pick. though. Yeah, that's right, because they gave it to the Jets. Um, But I can see him honestly sticking with it because it's like what better quarterback is out there right now than Russell Wilson? Like Uh, Wilson's kind of hinted at wanting to go to New York. Um, And I think I think the Seahawks offense right now is built better than the Giants is. Yeah. Only thing I can see is if there's like another mega trade, like a Goff and uh, Stafford kind of trade again. Okay, where we we get a double swap. Yep. Simple answer. Russell Wilson for Matt Ryan. (laughs) I mean, I just uh, it's very, very possible because you have a lot of names, like a lot of dudes who definitely can throw that football and they definitely have led their teams to some good accomplishments, but they're falling down a little bit and they need a rejuvenation. Well, so here's why that's a disaster. Matt Ryan can't move and the Seahawks (laughs) have a terrible offensive line. (laughs) And they'd be like, man, Russell Wilson's been scrambling for his life. Let's get a quarterback. It's like, let's get Nick Foles in here. I'm sure he can scramble (laughs) around. Even guy Brady runs like he's got fucking cinder blocks for feet. Even Brady back there would probably do terrible. Like that yeah. offensive line is. Ooh. 
Yeah, I think what you'll see from the Seahawks is they'll have a meeting and see if everybody's on the same page. Because if like if you're if you're the Seahawks, like you look at your coach and your quarterback and it's like, yeah, it's struggling right now. But like, can you do much better than them? Matt, no, here's the thing. You have Russ go to the Jets, Zach Wilson goes to the, the Ravens, and we get Lamar Jackson to go out to Seattle and run the hell out of the ground game. Let's get a Wilson for Wilson trade. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's like a three way trade. It just goes in a, in a triangle. Oh, God. Uh, but then you won't have Lamar Jackson and his stunt double Tyler Huntley together anymore. That's true. But, right, but you'd have Geno Smith. So Yeah. Who got arrested for DUI the other day? Did he really? Yeah, he did. I, yeah, he did. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't hear about this. Oh my god. Um. So that was that yeah. game. Yeah, uh, so I played of, for the seven. Yeah, speaking, speaking, of the, yeah. speaking of Zach Wilson and the Jets, <laughs> uh, the, the Bills won twenty-seven to ten. It was actually like decently close in the first half. Um. I don't know how the Jets scored 10 points because Zach Wilson was 7 me, of 20 for 87 yards. I only watched a little bit of this game, but here's what I do know and how that happened. The Bills punter was punting into Ugh. the wind, and that ball sunk to the 50 like every single time. So the Jets just had to go like five yards to get in a field goal range, and that's probably how they got a touchdown and a field goal at some point. Yeah, so here's some stats. Uh the Bills ran 79 plays to the Jets, 46. Uh, the Jets allowed nine sacks and had zero. Against Christ. The Bills. They punted 11 times. Um, they had a net total. Oh, wait, sorry. They were one for 14 on third downs. Uh, and they had a net passing yards of five. Bills defense Literally pretty how? good. And 53 yards of offense, and they somehow scored 10 points. <laughs> That's Jets oh. football, baby. Dude, I don't know what uh. it is about the Jets, but when they're bad on offense, they are just like historically incompetent. It's incredible. And it's also nuts because they had that really good game again. Because honestly, that Bucks game, they did play really well. Yeah. And then they just went out and did that. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. And like, for what it's worth, like they were decent against the Dolphins as well. Yeah. And then the Bills just own the Jets. It's so crazy. Yeah, the the Bills own the Dolphins, too. The Bills pretty much own that division now. Yeah. Man, we need that. We need a Josh Allen saying we own you now like Aaron Rodgers did. (laughs) Yep. With that win, the Bills. We don't have a problem. (laughs) I believe that win clinched the division for the Bills. Um, and they are the number three seed because of it. Um, and the one the that other, didn't win division. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other AFC matchup, the Dolphins, uh, as is tradition, beat the Patriots in Miami 33 to 24. Wrapping up, goes, baby, wrapping up my favorite stat of the season, which is that the Dolphins were nine and oh against quarterbacks with an O in their last name and O and eight against QBs who didn't have an O in their last name. That's a stat. You can look it up. It's true. Yeah, McCorkle Jones uh, stopped smoking his pack for a week, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, yet the Matt- Patriots, for some reason, have always had issues in Miami. Like, it, 
even well, back even, to like the early Brady days, they've yeah. always had problems there. Well, that's the thing, and that's they showed statistics, and I don't think it's just a Brady statistic, but they had like a Brady stat that said every time he went down and played in Florida, his stat line was terrible. When he went and played against the Jaguars, he went to go to play, play against the Dolphins or the Bucks. I, that might be one of the reasons he moved down to the Bucks, so he, he got be better in one of his worst game environments. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, one of the not- like famous uh, Patriots losses in Miami was 2004 against the Dolphins when it's, it has like some stupid ass name, like the Night Courage wore orange because they were wearing their orange jerseys. But it at the time, it was the only time a team 10 games under 500 had ever beaten a team 10 games over 500. Or it was like the two and 12 Dolphins beat the like 12 and two Patriots. Um and if you've ever seen that clip of Brady like mid sack just chucking up the ball to, for a horrible interception, like it's something about Miami that just makes Brady play horribly. I don't get it. And honestly, the Jets do that a little bit, Tim. Too, you saw it last week. Yeah, like you can usually get a game every couple of years where the Jets play him really close. They usually don't beat him, but they play really tough. I mean, Geno Smith beat the Patriots once, so yeah. anything can happen. Fitzpatrick beat him in 2015 which almost set up a playoff berth. You had last year when the Jets were horrible, they the Patriots had to beat them on a last second field goal. So, yeah, and I mean I mean props to the Patriots for coming back in that game. I think it was like 27 to 10 at one point and ended up only losing I think by 9 after a late whatever the whatever the whatever however that touchdown happened. Yeah. But they they made it interesting, but you know, Max fallen off a bit over the last couple of weeks. A little bit, yeah. Well, hopefully he can get that fixed up in the next, oh, I don't know, 24 hours. But <laughs> Yeah, luckily he's a rookie. There's going to be those rookie struggles. So I mean, hey, you know what? The fact that the Patriots made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, you know what? Yeah. That's enough for me. I mean, the 0-1 Patriots were a defensive team. Brady was not perfect that year either, so I think the Pats are, are set. Brady um, didn't really start getting dominant until like 2006. Yeah. And yet they so. still won the three rings. Like it, it it'll take some time, but it, it's looking promising already, even though the he, other day maybe not. He really fits that Bill Belichick like prodigy kind of thing though. Oh, absolutely. Like <laughs> just like, the way the draft day gif of him just walking out like, is just buried in my mind. Like I don't think he was the best quarterback in the draft, but I think he was the best quarterback for Bill Belichick's system in the draft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the pa- the Dolphins sweep the Patriots for the first time since 2000 and bookend their season with wins over the Patriots. Um, the 49ers and Rams faced off in a very important game. The Rams, it was simple uh, win and you clinch the division and even the number two seed. Um, but with the Cardinals losing, they clinched the division anyway. But more importantly, win this game and you knock the 49ers out of the playoffs. Uh, which means the Rams would have played the Saints had they held on. They're up 17-3 at half. Uh, but unfortunately, Sean McVay has never beaten the 49ers, and uh, they lost 27-24 in overtime. I think that was the first time as well that the Rams had lost under Sean McVay when they led at halftime. I believe that is a correct Which stat. is ridiculous. I think yeah. they're like 45-0 before that when they were up at halftime, and that was the first time they lost. Yeah, the... Uh, the main but, moment of this game was the Rams up seven 
are up 24-17 with about a minute left on the clock. Uh, or no, about a minute and a half left on the clock. They got a first down near midfield. All they had to do was get a first down, and the game was over. And instead, they ran it three times to chew up the 49ers three timeouts and punted, which means the Jet or the, uh, I don't know why I keep saying the Jets. 49ers had to go 82 yards in, uh, I believe, 80 seconds with no timeouts, and they did it in 61 seconds. Shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo playing as well as he did with basically no thumb as well. Drove him right down the field with no problem. Scored a touchdown, sent it to overtime, kicked the field goal, and then Stafford threw an interception or game-ending interception in overtime. One of these days, we're going to have to start talking about the number of picks that Matt Stafford's been throwing as of late. Because <laughs> it's been bad. Fuck it, Cooper Cup's down there somewhere. Honestly, that's been his like his offensive strategy. It's just fucking chuck it up and hope, one of my, hope OBJ comes down with it. Uh, spoiler, he's not. Because, uh... I mean, it it hasn't helped that they lost Robert Woods about halfway through the season. Yeah. But he's been a little too careless, I think, with the ball recently. Yeah. And the Cardinals, have they, they split their regular season meetings. So if he has a bad game against Arizona, I mean, that'll take him right out. Yep. Um, I don't want to be spiteful because I, I like the player, but... Uh... OBJ has had nearly identical stats with the Rams as he did with the Browns this year. He just has a bunch of touchdowns covering that up. So um, I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm allowed to be spiteful sometimes. This is the only victory I'm getting as a Browns fan this year. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And the Rams too. uh, (laughs) bit of a side note. They brought Eric Weddle out of retirement for the playoffs since their starting safety, Jordan Fuller, I believe is out for the remainder of the season. So they got their boy Weddle back yeah. for the playoff run. And mm-hmm. he knows that defense well, so we'll see how he does on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. So Speaking unfortunately, of, yeah. I was going to say, unfortunately, it just kind of ties into the narrative that the Rams are kind of not good at closing out these big games. But uh, the biggest game of the week, maybe the season, Raiders Chargers on Sunday night. Final game of the season. Uh, Bonafide win in your in game. Both of these teams battling for the final playoff spot. But there was a twist. Uh, Winner, win, you get in the playoffs. Lose, you miss. But if you both tied, you both get in. I had never wanted a tie to happen more in my life. And the the funnier part to me, too, was the Ravens-Steelers game earlier in the day. If those two had tied, it would have eliminated both of them from the playoffs, and that almost happened before the kick from Boswell. It was basically the same game happening twice. Yeah. So this was always going to be a win and end game, no matter what. But there was a scenario where if the Colts lost to the Jaguars and the Steelers somehow beat the Ravens, that these two teams could tie and both get in. Because the way it would work out, the Steelers would be 9-7-1, and one. Both these teams were nine and seven coming in. If they tied, all three of those teams would have the same record. The Raiders and Chargers have both beaten the Steelers this year, so it would put both of them in over the Steelers on um, tiebreakers. We were all like, there's no way that's going to happen. And then (laughs) the Jaguars upset the Colts, and then (laughs) the Steelers pulled off the win against the Ravens, and I was like, no way. There's no way this is going to happen. Um... Leading into this game also, you had Chris Collinsworth on the Rich Eisen show talking about throughout the week that it was like, do you get into a situation 
where if you get to overtime, do you just declare a truce? <laughs> um, especially like if you go down and kick a field goal and then the other team kicks a field goal, you get the ball back with like a minute and a half left. Do you just kneel? And the thing he talked about was like a smoke signal where it's like, if we kneel and the other team doesn't take a timeout, that means the truce is on. Well, uh, and it sounded like the Raiders were going to play for a tie once they got to about two minutes left in the game. Yeah. And then Brandon the Staley ball. took that timeout. There's some stuff before that, though. So the Ra- they go into halftime, Raiders up 17-14. Um, they kick a field goal afterwards. And then halfway through the third quarter, on like fourth and three, from his own 18-yard line, Brandon Staley says, go for it on fourth down. And they don't get it, and the Raiders immediately go down and score. Um, the Raiders were up 12 in the fourth quarter, uh, and it was like, okay, 12 is a weird number. There's no way that this game ties and goes into overtime. And, um, you know, all the Steelers fans at home just hoping a team win. Just one. Doesn't matter which one. Just one of them, you know? And then the Raiders kick a field goal. The Chargers go down the field, score a touchdown get the two-point conversion, force a punt, and then maybe the dumbest drive of the season, which took oh 20 God. minutes of real time. Um, it, was like, be- it was like 18 plays in like two minutes of game time. Not even the- two minutes. It was like a minute of game time. Um, the Chargers converted, I think, five fourth downs on that drive. They were six for seven on fourth downs that night. Um, and they had a couple penalties go their way as well. Yeah. And then on the literal last play of regulation, uh, Justin Herbert throws a dart to who was it who caught the touchdown? I can't I remember it was who Mike it was. Williams. Yeah, it was Mike Williams. Yeah. For the touchdown to tie it and send it to yep. overtime. Yeah, Mike Williams was clutched that whole entire last like five minutes yeah. of the game to get them in that position. Shout out and, as well. Justin Herbert had 64 pass attempts in this game. Yeah. Uh, he had 34 completions, and Derek Carr had 36 attempts total. Yeah, they they just like that man needs fucking Tommy John after that damn game. Yeah, Josh Jacobs was the Raiders' offense because I mean the Chargers cannot play run defense. So we head into overtime, and it's like, all right, is it going to happen? And just like Chris Collinsworth predicted, the Raiders went down and kicked a field goal. Um, Daniel Carlson has never missed in the Raiders Allegiant Stadium, I might add. Uh, the Chargers took it and drove down the field and kicked the field goal. And then, just like Collinsworth predicted, the Raiders got the ball back with about a minute and a half left. And all they did was run. And it comes down to they're around the Chargers 40 yard line, I think is where it was. And it's third down. And I think it's like third and eight. It's something like that. And so. It's setting up to where there's going to be about 30 seconds left and the Raiders are no doubt running it here. So it seems like they're going to like it's like we're going to try to get into field goal range and kick this game winning field goal. But if we can't. Whatever we're in, no matter what the goal is, don't lose if you're if you have the ball. And then Brandon Staley calls a timeout. Just like Collinsworth predicted, if the team takes the timeout. That means the tie is off. <laughs> now, Staley said that he was calling the timeout because he wanted to get his right run defense on on the field. But it sent the message to the Raiders sideline that he was trying to get the ball back. And even then, 
even though he quote got his best run defense on the field, they still gave up like 10 yards to a Josh Jacobs run up the gut. They couldn't even stop that Raiders first down car runs the clock down to a second calls timeout kicks a game winning field goal. We were that close to the tie for what it's worth as well. That was the out of the 10 wins the Raiders had in the regular season. That was the sixth one that happened on the <laughs> final play of the game. If none Dude, of those plays happened, they're four and thirteen. I was the Jaguars say, record. <laughs> I was going to say this earlier in the season. So the MVP award is usually for like who's the best quarterback on the best team. If you truly take it as who is the te- player that is the most valuable to their team, is there anybody that beats Derek Carr? Because no way. This is such a cliche thing to say, but Derek Carr has the clutch gene. And it's like, like it, he just fits so perfectly there. Yeah. Like every single game they've won on a last second drive, I've just gone into it knowing I'm like, he's going to take him right down the field. If a perfect example, go back to week one when they played the Ravens and that drive that took like 20 seconds and he went like 60 yards with no problem to set up the game tying field goal was incredible. And uh, did it against the Browns too. Yeah. Like the dude, when the pressure is on, he is fucking money. So Derek Carr is like stupidly underrated. I'm, I mean, I'm a Derek Carr stan, as you can tell. I'm, I'm really happy for him too because this is he'll finally get to start a playoff game. Yeah. Because he did so good in 2016, but he broke his leg in the last game of the season. Yeah. So after all of that, he finally gets to start a playoff game. So I, I imagine he's just like wrapped in bubble wrap and like yeah. isolated in a plexiglass cube somewhere. But like, don't get sick and don't hurt yourself. See also <laughs> Kirk Cousins. So sucks for the Chargers because um, it would have been cool to see them in the playoffs. But honestly, at this point, I'm kind of in for the Steelers being the berserker team that just won't die. I'm kind of down for it. <laughs> I mean, um, it's probably at Roethlisberger, so it's basically like, how badly does he want to extend his career at this point? Yeah. But yeah, you can kind of make the argument that Brandon Staley cost the team the playoffs because um, the fourth down decision that spotted the Raiders the field goal that gave them the lead, um, or the timeout in overtime, or the fact that when they played the Chiefs, how he went for it on fourth down inside the Chiefs red zone three times and didn't get a single one of them. If they kicked a field goal, they would have won that game probably would have won the division too. So. Uh, oh, I got to add this to the tally of Chargers one score losses. Actually, I wonder what that final tally was. Um, Too many. Yeah. So. That is that. Um, shall we get into the uh, coaching carousel? We Might can. As well. Some truly deserving uh, changes, but also some baffling ones um obviously you had gruden resigning earlier in the season and urban meyer getting fired what a um, shit show that was which i guess i should mention do we think rick Basaccia or rich Basaccia gets the full-time job next year for the raiders because i feel like you got to bring him back i think he's I, done I enough think, to get it i think he does yeah i i honestly i think you would be insane to get rid of him and mayock after this year like the fact that they were six and seven and done and they won four in a row to end the season to make the playoffs. Like, regardless of what happens tomorrow, that's the fact awesome. that they're there. Yeah. So, and I mean, they they play the Bengals on a Saturday afternoon I mean, playoff game. So, I mean, but just all the stuff they've had as well, like like the whole thing with with Henry Ruggs that happened, 
Yeah. There was the whole thing with uh, Damon Arnett, their first round cornerback from last year. They cut him for the shit he had going on. I think there was something else. And, and, you know, the passing of John Madden, of course, who's like arguably the biggest figure in, in Raiders history. All this happens, the whole thing with Gruden you mentioned before, and despite all of that, they claw their way in with an interim head coach. I mean, like, that... Honestly, I think that's the best coaching job of the season outside of Mike Tomlin. Yeah, or, like, if you're doing a coach of the year, it's got to either be, like, Tomlin, Vrabel, or Visaccia. Or Visaccia. Um, it's got to be uh, one of those three. He definitely deserves it, for sure. Um, also, I want to add that if we had we recorded last week, I would have locked the Raiders because I was like, it's the Raiders' first home game since John Madden passed. Like, they're going to win this game. Yeah, and I think they had his family light the torch before the game as well. Yeah. So truly a, a very special game for that team. Um, but when it comes to fired head coaches, the Broncos were the first one to do so at the end of the season, firing Vic Fangio after three seasons. Um, I don't understand or not understand. I don't know what the Broncos are going to do because they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a coach. And also they might not have an owner right now because they're trying to sell the team. So I don't know That's who's going to all ta- around mess over there. Yeah, this is probably going to be the last job that you see get filled. Um, overall, I think Fangio did OK. He hasn't had a quarterback, unfortunately, but you know, he made he finally, a lot of mistakes, though. Yeah, his game management, not always great. He had a tendency to just challenge plays he didn't like rather than challenge ones he thought were wrong <laughs> um yeah you so. need those timeouts buddy <laughs> yeah seemed like a cool dude um i loved last year when they played the jets and he refused to shake adam Gaze's hand and he told his team to go right back to the fucking locker room <laughs> after adam the game Pace. so uh, i think he'll latch on somewhere because they hired him from the bears as their dc i think he'll get another job like a dc yeah. or he's, he's a really good he'll defensive get, coordinator go somewhere. It took him, yeah it took him forever to get his head coaching gig unfortunately but yeah, uh, those later as well. Yeah, the Bears fired Matt Nagy after four fucking time. as well as general manager Ryan Pace. That was on. Uh, the hey, oh, USRO member Ryan Pace. Yep. Yeah, the writing was on the wall for that of after about week two this year. Yeah, I mean everybody knew it was going to happen. Just the Wasn't team he is supposed to lose his girlfriend too. If he got fired. The, the, Wait, the team is the team has never fired a head coach midseason, so that's probably the only Didn't reason why he wasn't canned in like yeah, week might be tripping but didn't he have an interview this season where like some reporter asked didn't his girlfriend or something say that he would that she would leave him if he got fired i don't remember this i, I have to look this up i hope that's not true because that poor man if that's the case it just keeps getting Lose worse for Matt Nagy like, somehow. oh man oh god yeah ryan pace has done a pretty bad job i mean they were the ones who not only passed on mahomes and watson but traded up one spot to get Trubisky. Um, and that was a couple months after they had just shelled out, uh, I believe, $18 million Mike guaranteed Glennon, to Mike Glennon. Um, yeah, and then they did the exact fucking same thing this year where they paid way too much money to Andy Dalton and then traded up to get Justin Fields. And they traded for Foles last year. And yeah, he had and a they traded for Foles The Jags last year. had given him. I mean, oh what the God. fuck are you doing, man? Not to mention the bounty they gave up for Khalil Mack, which like Khalil Mack, great player, but uh, it hasn't really worked out. So, I mean, I think Fields could be the, the the guy that finally gets them somewhere, but 
it's one of those jobs where you absolutely have to nail the head coach hiring for it to work. Because yep. if you if you get another Nagy or somebody like Urban Meyer, just someone that's not a good fit, you're going to be right back in the same scenario again three years from now. Yep. Yep. Nagy was unfortunately broken by the double doink. Um, the Vikings fired Mike Zimmer after eight seasons and general manager Rick Spielman after 16 seasons. Um, I think that one was a mistake. <laughs> yes and no. I think Mike Zimmer is a good coach, but a lot like when the Eagles got rid of Andy Reid, like eventually yeah, might have just gotten stale. Yeah, you can you kind of just reach the end and it's like we need a change. I mean, he's had three playoff appearances in eight seasons. Um, I think the fact that they kind of botched the whole Case Keenum thing because it's uh, I heard somebody on Rich Eisen show talking about this when they asked him about like, do the Raiders bring back Rick Basaccia? And it was like, sometimes the answer's right in front of you. Like a perfect example is the Vikings, how you had case Keenum led them to an NFC championship game. And then they shelled out all that money for, for Kirk cousins and they got worse. And it was like, Keenum was such Your a guy was fit in that system. He was right there in front of you the whole time and you didn't take him. So it's, it's a shame because I like Mike Zimmer and I think he's a good coach, but like, I feel like he had reached the, I, his I, expiration date the with, the in, with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I could I definitely think, see him getting hired by another team though. Yeah. I think he'll make a fantastic head coach elsewhere, but I think it'll be, I mean, Andy Reid going to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville would be a good fit. Um, it reminds me a lot of Reid getting fired. I mean, he hasn't had the success that Reid had in Philadelphia, but like good coach, but you got to move on at some point. So um, one that didn't make any sense at all was that Miami fired head coach Brian Flores after three seasons, including back to back winning seasons. That one makes me upset. Reminds me of when the Bears fired Lovey Smith after going 10 and six. That one, I, I still to this day don't understand what the Bears were doing there with Levy Smith. But yeah. this one, the Canning Flora is like, there are not that many head coaches where after you start one and seven, you finish eight and one. Like if you're one and seven, yeah. you're dead, you're done. That's your whole season. But they rolled around, they clicked off those five or six, seven wins in a row. And they're in like week 15, they still could have gotten the number one seed in the AFC. Like, yep. There are not many coaches that could have done that, but apparently there's been stuff that's come out in the last couple days where I guess his relationship with Tua and the Dolphins GM wasn't that good, but he was a pretty good fit there. And yeah. the fact that they had that good of a coach, that should have been something they should have ironed out privately. Yeah. Because like you can't fuck that up. I think the, the drama of the failed tra uh, trade for Deshaun Watson through some some doubt into this team's future because it's funny because right after the trade deadline happened they uh they went on that seven game winning streak um but yeah there was reports that he and Tua weren't seeing eye to eye and there was a power struggle between he and chris greer the the general manager and their their owner knew he had to get rid of one of them and saw that that um flores was the disposable one but i just didn't get it i thought flores was doing a great job I guess he just didn't want to fire the hey, GM. Yo, Jacksonville. If the GM, coach. yeah. Um, well, the Texans yeah. just interviewed him, which we'll oh, get to that fair. also. Yeah, yeah, they but, did. 
I think Brian Flores is going to be snatched up real quick. He's one of the few Belichick guys who's looked really good on his own. So apparently the Texans have been rumored to interview uh, Gerard Mayo as well. Yeah. Who's the linebackers coach for the Patriots and played here for, for a long time. Was yeah, one but... of the, one of the, you know, leaders of the defense. So we'll see what they do there. But the Texans speaking of, I mean, poor David Culley. So from Dude, what I heard, never even had a chance. Yeah. So they fired David Culley after a season. From what I've heard from interviews with Coley, like he's talked about how, um, oh my God, what is the name of the general manager of the Texans? Nick Casario. Yeah, a the, former another Patriots, Patriots guy. guy. That apparently Casario would come over the headsets during games and try to tell Coley what he should do game management wise, which he talks about how it's like that doesn't line up with what we should do at all. Almost like Casario was trying to get him to lose more. Um, So it almost seems to me that like the Texans are mad that Coley didn't lose enough for them. Like they were trying to tank more. It's just weird. I don't understand what the fuck is going on in Houston. The silver lining for David Coley and, and for what it's <clears throat> worth, the Texans did him so goddamn wrong. Like it, yeah. like, like I'm a Patriots fan. This is well known, but like fuck the Texans for that. Like yeah. I have no rooting interest in them whatsoever, but the way that they did him was awful. But the yes. silver lining to it was that he is a huge ass buyout and he just walked away with about $17 million for coaching one year with the Texans. Yep. He's getting so, paid to uh, sit on the bench. Yeah. And I mean, he won as many games as the Texans did last year and he did it without Deshaun Watson. So. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he, I mean, they're, they're still trying to fix the mess that Bill O'Brien made last year. And yeah, I mean, th- this had to be one of those deals where they knew going in, that it was going to be a one-year thing. Yeah, I but think they I don't, just... I don't get that approach at all, though. Like, why would you... Why not find your guy now? Why would you just kick the can down the road for a year and put this poor guy in a place where he has no chance to succeed? Yeah, especially when this was his first head coaching gig, too. And he's 66. He's probably not going to get another one, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's how it went. I'm like, that that was pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, speaking of former Belichick guys, though, uh, the New York Giants fired seemingly reluctantly fired head coach Joe Judge after two seasons. Um, but this was after the general manager, Dave Gettleman, got to retire after four awful years running. The Giants. <laughs> I cannot um, believe they let him retire. I wonder if they gave did they think they gave him a free medium Pepsi on his way out? <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope they did. Real talk. I'm kind of mad they fired Joe Judge because I love seeing the Giants suck. Um, I don't think that was a good fit from the very beginning, though. No, like, like, like Joe Judge with the Patriots was their special teams coordinator. Like that going from special teams coordinator to head coach, I think is a bit too big of a jump. And I think it showed because he. They, they really didn't look competitive at all the last two years. I like that Gettleman has just been making these really weird decisions. Like there's an obvious candidate and he's like, no, let's get like our fourth candidate. So like when they drafted Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones was was seen as like the fourth best quarterback in that draft. And they took him like as like the second quarterback. Um, And it was like, okay. And then I think it was Andrew Thomas, who was the O lineman that they took. Maybe I'm confusing the name, but he was like the eighth graded offensive lineman. He was the first one taken off the board and everybody's like, what are you doing? And then when they got Joe Judge, it just seemed like they're like, is there anybody on Belichick staff we can get? They're like, oh, special teams coordinator. Like, fuck it, sign him. (laughs) 
it's just it just adds to the long list of Belichick assistants that have not done anything as head coaches elsewhere. I mean, Josh McDaniels with the Broncos, Eric Mangini with the Jets and Browns, Romeo Cronell with the Chiefs. I mean, Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame. The list goes on and on and on. And you can Bill add Judge and Flores to it now. And Bill O'Brien. Yep. So, God, at what a mess. At least he had a time with Alabama. Yeah, he's got yeah. well, Saban failed Maddie. in the NFL too. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, oh, and that was boy. the uh, coaching carousel. Um, I don't think anybody else is getting fired. Matt Rule fired all of his assistants, but so he's in damage control now. Yeah, the Panthers still looking <clears> for <throat> an offensive coordinator, though I think they need a quarterback first. Yeah, Panthers need a lot. So, yeah. Um, and that was the regular season of the NFL. Um, playoffs are set. The Packers and Titans have first round buys. So shall we get into the playoff pick? They thems. Yep. Let's pick these six games. All right. Um, starting with Raiders Bengals. Man, this is really a coin flip. The uh, Bengals back in there. It's been it's been a few years, but they're finally back to play in their regularly scheduled Saturday afternoon wildcard game. <laughs> kind of the Bengals, last played in 2015. Yep. The Bengals have not won a playoff game in any of our lifetimes. They, no, the, nobody has I, ever sent a text message yes, about the Bengals winning a playoff game. But it's also funny because nobody's ever made a tweet or a Facebook post about the Raiders winning one either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a, a matchup of a team that hasn't won in 20 years and a team that hasn't won a matchup in 30 years. Something's got to give. And my pick is truly based on the fact that the Bengals have home field. So I'm going to say that the Bengals are going to win their first playoff game that any of us will ever be alive to see. Garrett, what do you have? I'm going to back up that decision. I'm going to say the Bengals as well, because I really, really, really want this team to do something. I, I love uh, what I, here's my thing is, is I would love either one of these teams to win this game. I want them both to win too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both really good stories. I think the Bengals are really good, but not only am I going to pick the Raiders, I'm going to lock the Raiders. And here's ah, because oh, still to block. So Jesus, first off, <laughs> there's enough. The Bengals are Owen seven or no, sorry. Owen seven, a wild card games. They are Owen eight since they ended Bo Jackson's career in the playoffs. Um, so they they are cursed, but more importantly, it is a national tradition that the Bengals every year in their regularly scheduled afternoon Saturday afternoon playoff game they lose. So, but the thing is, Raiders. this ain't the Marvin Lewis Bengals anymore, though. Like True. I, I mean, it's the here, Zach here, Taylor Bengals. I don't know here's how. The thing, it, <laughs> here's the thing too: is a lot of big streaks for not winning something in a lot of years have been broken recently, and I think we break that again tomorrow. I think this is the team, the Bengals team, that has the best chance of breaking that streak. But uh, give me, give me the Raiders. So, um, the Saturday night game: Patriots Bills rematch third game they've played this season uh it's it's gonna be like uh, two degrees in buffalo yeah this might be gen genuinely one of the coldest nfl games of all time yep. uh these teams split their regular season meetings and the last time they played with absolutely shitty weather the patriots won and I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the bills I mean th- this one is really tough because they both won on the road 
But, I, the, but the Bills yeah. are 12 and 3 all time at home in the postseason. And this is the first time the Patriots have been on the road in the wild card round since 1998. And that I was, think, I, I'm going Bills, but it would not surprise me if the Pats pull this off. Yeah, I think the deciding factor in this is that the Bills have finally started like using their run game. And yeah, I, th- the, the I don't, Patriots I don't do think the run defense. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think the Patriots are going to be able to replicate what they did to the bills. The last time they played in Buffalo. Yeah. So give me the no bills. way. And yeah, the bills need their run game to show up. The Pats need Mac Jones to show up. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this is a toss up for me, honestly, but I'm going to go with the Bills since we have to pick somebody, even though my heart, <laughs> my heart. Yeah. You can't you said, time you said playoffs, that with the dolphins and the dolphins won last week. So, yeah, so the Patriots will lose, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Sunday afternoon game, Eagles-Buccaneers. I'm going with the Bucs, uh, but I think this is going to be a really close game. So, yeah, the Bucs are like eight-point favorites. I think the Eagles stand a little more of a chance, but I think that it's a pretty easy Buccaneers win. Yeah, give me the Bucs. Yeah. Uh, shout out to you guys picking all B teams so far. <laughs> you can pick all B and then all C teams. Okay, that's what team. I'm about to do. Don't give away my strategy. Okay, I pick the New England Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> um, the Sat or Sunday afternoon game. It's the Nickelodeon game. It's yeah! 49ers Cowboys. And in that case, the Cowboys. Be- and I'm gonna lock the Cowboys. Oh against shit! The 49ers. Romo gets to call a Cowboys playoff game for the first time in his career. So. And I, th- th- <laughs> I think this is also the first time that those two teams have each qualified for the playoffs in the same year in a long time. And um, with how with how big their rivalry was, this is like the first time they've played in the playoffs since I think the mid 90s. Yeah, 94, the 94 NFC Championship game. That was the year that Steve Young won his Super Bowl. You know what? Give me the Niners. I'm kind of scared I mean, of this game. I'm very scared <laughs> yeah. because the Niners are frisky and they've played a lot of close games. And the Cowboys are a team that can lose stupid games. Yeah. Um, they lost to the Broncos. So but the Cowboys anything- have to win in this game to prove something to move forward. Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, that's the playoffs. That's how. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like you have to win, like decisively. You can't make it close. I, I, I'm gonna go with the Niners, though. I think they're gonna find a way to do it. Yeah, I could easily see the Niners win this, but I'm going Cowboys. Um, oh baby, what a game! It's Woo! Sunday night. Steelers Chiefs. Walking the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I really so badly want to pick the Steelers, but give Dude, me the Chiefs. I'm, I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for the Steelers. I mean, have you seen the press conferences that Ben Roethlisberger's been doing? Yes, the because one where he says, we have no chance, so we might as well have fun. They're to the point, <laughs> they're past the nobody believes in us, and they're to the point where they're like, we don't even fucking believe in us. I mean, they lost by 26, like not even a month ago. And it's the same two teams in the same venue. I, oh. I mean, I don't see, I don't see any way that the end result's going to be different. I really want to take the Steelers, but I mean, I'm I'm locking the Chiefs, and I think this is going to be the last time we ever see Ben Roethlisberger on a football field. Yeah, you know what? I think this is going to be the last time, and they're probably going to lose. But I'm going to take the Steelers just because, just so I can pick Ben Roethlisberger one more time. See, the, ah. the thing to me is, it would be hilarious if they lost by about 35 
but it would also be hilarious if they won. Like, oh, dude! No matter it, <laughs> no matter what the end result is, it's going to be funny. How incredible! It's not a give a shit what happens because it's like the Raiders or not the Raiders, the the Ravens and Browns. The last few weeks had their chances to just end the Steelers and end Ben Roethlisberger for good, and they couldn't do it. And now the Chiefs are like, "Now nah, we got this." And I'm like, "Are you sure though?" Because <laughs> I'm thinking about that playoff game against the Chiefs a few years ago, where the, the all the Steelers did was kick six field goals and they won. So, God, what a stupid game. Uh, finally, the first Monday night playoff game ever, Cardinals-Rams. I'm going to believe in the Cardinals' downslide. Give me the Rams. Oh, shit. This Give is a really, ball. really tough one to me. Like, I am I honestly do not know who to pick for this game. Like, it is... Both teams have not looked pretty lately. Yeah, but... they, They've both had their moments. Both of these it, teams have losing in the divisional round scribbled all over them. Like, I, I think this is the biggest toss-up game of the weekend. And I'm gonna go with the Cardinals, but it's like one of those like 51-49 kind of things. Like, yeah. it, it is, I don't, I really don't know. I'm gonna take the Rams. Um, I, I believe in them more. Um, yeah. I, I think the Cardinals are just kind of living on borrowed time right now so and that was uh yoff pickums so uh it's gonna be interesting uh, the bills and bucks are the only teams that we uni- uh unanimously picked so let's hope my raiders luck works out <laughs> why did i pick the steelers oh no oh that's bad yeah why did you do that <laughs> <laughs> none of them garrett <laughs> Garrett just posted a screenshot. It's a trivia question on Google. It says, who are the defending Super Bowl champions? A, Chiefs, B, Patriots, C, 49ers. And it's like, none of them. None of them. (laughs) (laughs) Google, you all right? Oh, my God. And on that note, uh, we should probably get out of here then. So That was Oof Sides. Yeah, this has been Doof Sides. any, uh, any go team. To you guys? Uh, my team's not in the playoffs, so don't care. But go team. Yeah. Uh, go go Cowboys. Uh, I will continue smoking my McCorkle and cheese pack. Well, you're gonna be crying in that mac and cheese if they lose. So let's keep. <laughs> let's hope. We'll see you next yeah, time. Yeah, but would you rather see me mad or Jack mad? Oh, okay, you know fair what? point. You know yeah. you have a point, but. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll have Jack, to wait for the later rounds to have that happen. Jack Malding. We, we, gotta get his, we have to get his hopes up first. Well, yeah, because if the Bills lose, we get Jack and Tommy Malding. <laughs> wait, Double Maldwick. Wait, can we, before we end it, who if if the Bills were to win that game, who would they face next? Does They, they are the three seed. So um, hang on, let me look at this real quick. They could get the Chiefs or they could get... Well, if the Steelers beat the Chiefs, they'll get either the Raiders or the Bengals. But if the Chiefs win, they get the I think they'll get the Chiefs. Maybe? I so want to see a Chiefs rematch just to see I, them. So it, sure. it, it depends. On, yeah. So they are the three seed. It depends on who else wins. Oh, my God. The playoff picture thing is out of date. Hang on. Uh, here we go. So what are the other matchups? So Bengals Raiders play. So if the if the Steelers win, they go to Tennessee no matter what. If uh which would mean that 
the Bills would then host the winner of Bengals Raiders. If the Chiefs win, um, they would host the Bengals if they win or. Wait, no, well, Chiefs Bengals rematch. No, 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 no. Wait, I'm doing this wrong. So, yeah, if if the Chiefs win, the Bills would play the Chiefs. So Chiefs Steelers is the game that settles it. So if Steelers win, uh, Bills play either Bengals Raiders. If Chiefs win, that's who the Bills play. If they win. So. Yeah. Playoff brackets weird. All right. And that was Oofsides. Yeah. For real this time. Yeah. Uh, For real Z's. We'll see you next time. Ah. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye. Of course. I don't know what to put that.